Welcome to Someplace for Everybody, where we talk about belonging and being a human in our bodies, in living in and learning to love our bodies. I'm your host, Carly Someplace. This podcast is brought to you by Someplace Images, Boudoir for Everybody. You can see the full show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Now, let's change some self-perspectives. This is Carly Someplace, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my very, very, very dear friend and my co-author, Miss Hannah Witten. So I will let Hannah introduce herself just a little bit. Han. Hi. <laughs> I'm so happy we're having this conversation. I know, me too. I'm super excited to be on the podcast. I'm a little nervous, of course. That's okay. But... Nerves are a good thing because it means you care. So yes, yeah, nervous, nervous, and excited are the same feelings. I tell my boudoir clients that all the time. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, and I'm just super excited. And thank you so much for having me. And of course, I'm super psyched to just share what we've created with everybody. I know it's kind of. Um, absolutely crazy. So I will preface this conversation with the fact that Hannah and I talk pretty much every single day (laughs) and have done so for at least once a week for the last almost two years. So we have been working on our self-love journal, a guided journal for embracing your perfectly imperfect self. (laughs) We've been working on this for almost two years. And I think there's so much to tell people and I really want to talk about kind of how all of this started because I think it was, I don't want to say unexpected, um, but so Hannah, you're the one who reached out to me and you were like, I kind of have this idea of like, <laughs> let's collaborate on something. Uh, so Hannah is a phenomenal artist. She does a lot of beautiful abstract art. And so tell well and I, I'm curious too I, I think we've touched on it a little bit in our conversations but I'm curious like where your <laughs> I don't want to say like idea came from to then reach out to me and then now it is what it is which is a lot more than I ever thought it would be <laughs> no yeah I think that's accurate to say because that's how any great project starts I feel like is with an idea <laughs> yes it so it was in the middle of lockdown April of 2020 mm-hmm which Mm -hmm. we all, you know, we're going through our own version of that. I was in New Zealand, um, which basically had not very much COVID. So at that point in time, they shut down the whole country and you couldn't leave your house except to go to the grocery store. And I was on social media, like a lot of us were, and seeing a lot of posts around people's expectations of themselves, you know, like, whether or not you should be eating this or that or gaining weight or losing weight. And it just felt like this really kind of harsh place to be putting people in such a crazy world at that time where we all didn't really know what was going on and we were trying to get a handle on things. And um, I had this idea (laughs) to kind of create something for people to work through and not only work through, but have a moment to just like give themselves a break you know um yeah we're not perfect. I, I really think that at that point that's what we all truly needed like was a break and I I feel like especially in that in the early days of quarantine when it was like especially here because obviously I was in the United States 
so like having these conversations around like how long is this going to last what's going on different things like that very different lockdown than New Zealand where obviously the whole country just shut down period and it was still yeah exactly what you're saying so many people putting expectations on themselves and people were like oh cool I have you know two to three weeks off I'm gonna get like prison ripped and do all of this like working out and all this whatever and and it was it was really kind of toxic to watch people being like oh I you know I, I even just looking at you look back um like stores were selling out of workout equipment because people were like oh I'm gonna do all these at-home workouts and things mm-hmm. like this and it was very like diet culture-y uh everywhere totally. yeah everywhere which was not healthy for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Yeah. And not to mention the fact that like on top of that pressure, you know, external pressure, you just had stress of this virus. And that we all knew nothing about. Yeah. And you know, there are parents who had kids at home and doing homeschooling and people who were alone at that time who like couldn't connect right. with anybody. Yeah. So yeah, I, in that moment of, you know, sitting in my home, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, was thinking about who do I know who's an advocate for this stuff, and I instantly thought of you. And we hadn't spoke for, you know, several years, but we went to high school together, and mm-hmm. we were in band together. Yes, we were. <laughs> and I yes, think, we were. But I think we, I felt like I had a relationship with you where it wouldn't feel like a stretch to want to, you know. Collaborate. Collaborate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It was definitely like, I, I think when we figured it out, it had been like at least five years since we'd seen each other in person. But, you know, you and I, again, interacting on social media had, you know, liked each other's posts or commented on different things and had small conversations here and there. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a stretch. It's not like we hadn't spoken or interacted at all, period. Yeah. And um, so I wrote you and I said, hey, I have this idea. I don't even remember what I wrote at the time, but just said, do you want to be a part of it? And you wrote back, yes, I think with an exclamation point or maybe several. Probably and... several. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going on any way that I write things, probably several. <laughs> and yeah, that from there, you know, we basically, not many people know this, I feel like, except for your mom and my partner, that we from there on like had meetings every weekend Yep. From till from then till now. Yeah. And I'm a teacher full time. I'm now a mom. I'm a working mom, I guess, at home. Yeah. <laughs> and doing the journal. But you know, you had your you still have your boudoir that you were doing and I was teaching and so we were doing this on top of all that. Right. Which was it's, also really great. I kind of look back at that first real like month and a half of this as like it was so easy to be like, well, okay, well, we did juggle time zones, so there's that too. But it was so easy to be like, okay, so let's just talk next week, same time, all this other stuff. And then as as the world round one started opening back up again, my travel schedule, your teaching mm-hmm. schedule, it just became this like constant, you know, when can we do this or trying to, and I would say we were pretty, pretty efficient in blocking off like the same time almost Mm -hmm. every single week. And so, yeah, so April of 2020 until now, I have met with you virtually for the most part every single week 
for I mean almost every single week for yeah almost two years if not yeah. multiple times a week <laughs> like lately <laughs> and throughout that time saying how you and I were like the people we spoke to the most outside of maybe family and yeah you know, my partner but yeah absolutely I think that it was just like because it was consistent we were consistently speaking to each other and and I can definitely say like I honestly honestly had no idea what this would become (laughs) you reaching out and saying like hey do you want to collaborate on like maybe like a little journal like workbook type thing for people to and I think I think that's the word that you use I don't know if you said journal um I may have said workbook like a 20 page pdf Right. And we were like, we were like, this could be cool. (laughs) (laughs) And now we are, you know, short, shortly going to be launching this officially into the world. And it's 190 pages long. And I don't want to say a beast, but it kind of is in so many ways, but like in a good way. And it's like, I, I truly just don't think I would have even known what this would be and even I mean going back to those early days of our meetings and giving each other homework and Mm -hmm. assignments to do and and talking through those things and we were like oh yeah we'll have like you know three different types of prompts around these 12 subjects (laughs) 10 subjects it'll be 30 questions I think we're at like 117 I think is our final count 100 and 100 above above 100 is definitely the final count it's a lot of things to reflect on, but also we did them. And, and yeah, I don't know if people would know that until they hear this, but one of the ways that we worked through the journal and the prompts and chose the prompts we did was through you and I being really vulnerable with each other and sharing, you know, what we thought about the prompts we came up with, what we experienced through them, what we discovered about ourselves. Um, yeah. And we did so many prompts that aren't even in the journal we we created prompts for ourselves that then we both did as homework and self-work and (laughs) self-reflection and so so much deep deep work and then like you said being vulnerable so we every single prompt that's in the journal as well as a multitude that are not that I don't want to say didn't make the cut but were in some ways, a lot of them because they were the same question phrased in a different way or they were, you know, something similar. But you and I worked through every single one of those and to to essentially read our answers out loud to one another was a lot. <laughs> and, and really for us to reflect on when we had gone through them initially, there were a couple times that I was like, okay, this made me cry. And you're like, okay, me too. And so I think that like sharing that, deep, deep everything with each other was really fortifying in our friendship. Because I would say, like, we were friends in high school, but we weren't like, let's hang out all the time. Let's go do things together, just the two of us friends. And, And so to have these, like, very deep conversations which we can obviously touch on a couple of those subjects soon, but like we have, we have deeply heard each other's scenarios in all of the answers to this. And it is, (laughs) it's very forming of a friendship, like a very deep friendship. And I, I can't, I'm so excited for people to experience it. And I really Um, hope that people can experience it 
with others that they love and have deep discussion like we've done because that is part of why it's so incredibly I guess precious is the word to me like it's it's so important to me and it's something that I did with you but not just like we wrote things like we wrote things we lived things we deeply rehashed all of the memories that came up with these things and told each other and entrusted one another and I think that that's a huge thing like there's a lot that I would say that you know about me that the very vast majority of other people don't because yeah. of this. Well, and I think, like you said, just having those feelings of trust and really taking the opportunity to dive deep within yourself, like it takes courage. And with you and I, it was especially, you know, it especially felt courageous just because like, we weren't calling each other every day prior to that. And one of the things that I love about this journal that we've talked about and that we actually say like in the opening introduction is that we encourage you who decide to like go on this journey, this journal journey with yourself um, to create a sharing circle with other people and share what you've learned. Cause it's really, it changes the experience. Once you vocalize something that's written down, it changes the energy. It becomes like you said, like an, an almost like deeper moment of trust because having those experiences with yourself is great. But then when you share them, it, it just, it changes things and it almost right. is, it kind of makes you accept maybe a bit more certain aspects of yourself or yeah, because you're saying it out real. loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's out there. Somebody else heard it. Somebody else listened to what you're saying. And it's, it's so important. And I think like you mentioned earlier, my mom and your partner are pretty much the only other people who've really heard, and they haven't heard all of it, but they've heard a lot of it especially because at that point that when we really started this, my office was an open loft area. <laughs> so my mom just listened to all of our conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks mom. <laughs> um, and, and I think that, you know, having, having those conversations and, and when we would have a meeting just to kind of set the stage for people listening, when we would have a meeting, it wasn't like, okay, these questions sound great and let's discuss how we feel about them and things like this. We're talking like five plus hours every week that we sat and talked mm -hmm. to each other and discussed these like very deep and sometimes very hard questions. And I think that they, things got harder. Our topics got harder as we went on, which is in a way how we've kind of arranged the journal is that the first few chapters are a little bit, I don't want to say easier. They might be easier for some <laughs> and harder for others, but they're not as, we'll say we're, they're not as touchy of subjects. <laughs> yeah. They're not as complex. They're not as complex. The... They're definitely not as complex. And I think that it's, it's kind of, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, I'm so excited for this journal. I'm not really great at journaling. And I was like, well, everything is go at your own pace. It's not, it's not like a, this is a 90 day workbook type thing. And when we first started, we had discussed things like that. Do we want this to be a 30 day thing? Do we want this to be mm -hmm. a 90 day thing, a year yeah, I thing? I forgot about that. And <laughs> right. And I, and we, we kind of nixed the idea of having it be on a timeline because we want people to be able to work through these thoughts and these feelings and these self-realizations at any pace that is acceptable for them obviously we did it at quite a 
I mean, two years seems like it's a long time. It is a long time, but it's also not at the same time because we worked through all of these prompts. And then more. We wrote them and more. And we went through all of these and shared them with each other in about seven months. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the time for this has been creating. So every single page of this journal is absolutely beautifully beautifully watercolored thanks to Hannah and her beautiful artistic skills um and then as again we did this on different continents in different time zones every single watercolor was scanned and digitized and then sent to me and then Hannah and I painstakingly laid out all 190 pages digitally via Google Meet. <laughs> Thank you, Google, for allowing us to do this. <laughs> the all, the entire thing was also written in Google Drive. So there is that. <laughs> yes, which was so, you know, you got to love technology when you're halfway across the world and working can, on something like this. Right, and can see each other typing or adding words and doing different things like that. The real time, everything was really instrumental in letting us do our our editing process our our just everything and so being able to have all of that but so, I mean in the time frame of seven months we wrote and discussed every single thing that's in here not to say that in the following months we haven't rewritten and rediscussed every single one of them <laughs> and then we um, did also at that time we had a pretty strict deadline because during the middle of it, I became pregnant. And yes, <laughs> yes you did. And we said, we got to get this done before this baby comes out. And I will, I will laugh at you just a little bit. And you were like, well, once the baby's here, I'll have plenty of time. I'll be on maternity leave. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was like, no, we're finishing this before she gets here. <laughs> and now I have such a different appreciation going back to what you were saying earlier about how we really want people to be able to work through this in whatever way feels right to them, whether that's, you know, doing one prompt a day, one chapter, or it might be once a month, whatever. Um, Because I, my time is so limited and select right now that I need something like this as a mom of a new baby. And, you know, I'm not working, but man, I have such deep respect for you parents stay-at-home parents it's just it's a whole other level but yeah it's it's such a beautiful journal for that reason you could open it up to a random page like it just it works in that way right it's it's true it's definitely and that's the thing is that if people want to do it non-sequentially they absolutely can though I would say definitely read the chapter introduction so you can understand what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) but being able to do it in in any form that anybody wants of even like you said like one prompt a day or one one page a day and some pages have multiple prompts and multiple questions and and I think that it's something to really recognize is that a lot of these prompts maybe not a lot but uh, I mean for me personally a lot of them were very deep and uncomfortable and and I don't want to say and to share them I mean I, I can say that, and because you and I have discussed this, that you and I had quite different experiences in high school, um, mm-hmm. which is really our like formative years of of friendship prior to this. <laughs> and, yeah. and we grew up in a small town and, you know, we've had our graduating classes, 85 people. It's very small. It's very 
it's very small. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> it's exactly what you would think of as a small town. It's a, it's a small it's town. A it's a small town. town. And, and, yeah. and, you know, it's, uh, we've, you and I went to different elementary schools, but, uh, you know, most of the people that we graduated with, we've really known the vast majority of our lives. And I think that it really was a, a lot of these things while they're, they were very mm-hmm. deep and uncomfortable by themselves. And then for us to, to share specifically with one another, uh, but, and I, and I want people to know that there are going to be very deep and uncomfortable questions. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you in answering them or having uncomfortable feelings around them. It's a lot of why does this make you uncomfortable and digging deeper into a lot of those different elements of, of those questions. And specifically, again, if you're going to have a community around it and have, you know, a, 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 a circle or whomever that you're going to be partaking in this with to share with is, is knowing that discussing some of those things might be very uncomfortable and very, very vulnerable. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you, when we go to those places, we're taught to stay away you know, we're taught very naturally, like even it from a biological perspective, you know, fight or flight, it's like certain emotions. We're just, we don't want to be connected with at all or have any affiliation with. And the general population has been taught that if you feel things like guilt or fear or anger or disgust, shame that we're a bad person, or that we should just run away and true growth only lies when you really sit inside of those places to really figure out like, okay, it's okay that I'm feeling like this. There's a reason for it. Exactly. And I'm, I'm allowed to sit with it and realize that it's okay to feel shitty and it's okay to just admit to that and be like, you know what, that was really like fucked up what happened to me. And it still bothers me to this day. But what can I do to help myself like grow from this? And how can I learn? Yeah. And and, how, and how can I learn to move forward and acknowledge that those feelings still exist? I think and I think that that's the thing is that there's so much like, even just in the world of like, I don't know anything relationships. Let's, let's pick that as a topic. Like, Oh, just forgive people and move on. Like, that's not exactly how things work. Like that's not girl. I've been trying to forgive my ex boyfriend for years and I haven't still gotten there. <laughs> well, right. Exactly. And like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that can be, can be forgiven and move on. But just because just because you haven't and somebody else has, they might be on a different time frame. They might be on, you know, different things like this. Like everybody's journey with themselves in self-confidence, self-love, self-actualization, like, like everything is, is self. It, it doesn't have to do with other people, but sharing with other people and acknowledging those feelings or even just, I mean, acknowledging them privately as well is a huge healing process and Mm -hmm. a very huge healing process and it's so important and I think again like I had no idea what this was going to (laughs) be and this is like (laughs) it's it's so much and it's it's so good and it's beautiful (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. It really is beautiful. And I think that's like, you know, talking about our title, imperfect, perfectly yeah. imperfect. Like, it's just such a beautiful concept that we are. Every yeah. single person on this planet is just this beautiful human that is perfectly imperfect. And, and that's right. just such a great thing to, to, to say. Yeah. Even speaking on the duality of our title. So our, our title, when you look at it on the journal itself, um, the I am is in parentheses as I'm perfect, which is also imperfect. They are the same word. There is just some grammar in there. <laughs> like that, <laughs> they are the same word. I'm perfect and imperfect are the same word and mm. same letters, same everything. And so, and, and I, even like the day that we had that realization when we were discussing titles and we were discussing, we, I mean, did we even really have any other contenders or was that just like, because I remember having that epiphany and I was like, I think this sounds cool. And your partner was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were the genius behind that, that one. It's because I'd stared at the word imperfect for so long. I think we were playing on, yeah, something perfect. We were looking at something around that idea In, of it, we were We were looking at your favorite thing ever, word hippo. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to find a synonym for every. Word Hannah is in love with word hippo and I have the app on my phone which I use almost daily <laughs> and I, I love it well and so something like I mean let's go back to high school I've always just thought you were the most brilliant writer ever I remember a piece that you did in high school about tangerines Maybe it was oranges. It oranges. Was okay. <laughs> I was like, it was it was an orange, a tangerine, a clementine, something along the lines. And I just remember watching you stand up and like essentially like recite it. And I was so fascinated with the way that you could construct words. And and that's something like and I, I won't discount myself. I do know that I am also a strong writer, but it is it comes secondary to most other things or tertiary or whatever it is not high on the list of I I write like I speak which is in very long-winded sentences with no or uh, over excessive amounts of punctuation so like technically I am not a great technical writer content I'm I'm up there but like <laughs> but I just Aww, remember like hard. being being in English classes with you in high school and being like damn she's so good no that's so nice of you to say <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that was 15 years ago, and I still remember it, so it clearly had an impact on me. <laughs> that was fun. That was a performative piece as well, but I do, I enjoy writing. I think it's, um yeah, it's something I will agree, like, I thrive in it, and it comes fairly easily to me, which I know it doesn't to most people, so I consider, maybe right. not most people, but to some people, so I consider right. that, you know, a privilege to be able to sit down and write. And it's something I really enjoyed doing for this journal. And I think a lot of my, I don't know, like my own ideas and things that I've been through, you know, came out and, and things that maybe I even still want for myself. It's like, sometimes it's really easy to put on paper things that you not only have gone through, but what you envision. And right. that's where the written word, I think, can be so powerful, even Absolutely. as a reflective tool to just 
put down what's going on in your head because there's always so much, you know, from the moment we wake up and even through sleep, like, I don't know how many people out there are really into their dreams or how often you dream, Carly, but like when I dream, it's like a whole other life. And so it's like, when do you actually take time to pause and stop and give yourself again, like a break (laughs) to reflect on it? Yeah. And be present with whatever is in front of you. And I think just writing is such a great way to do that. I also think reading is too. Yes. Um, and yeah. those two things go hand in hand, you know, and I know you're a big reader. Absolutely. That is, I devour, devour books. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I feel them. like you and I, like that combination of you being such a big reader because I don't read as much as I used to, which I'd like to do again, but, um, and me writing, like it really worked out in that partnership where I could read something out loud and ask you how it sounded. And we did that so many times and we just did that again, like the other day, (laughs) (laughs) yesterday when I was like, okay, read it to me. (laughs) We We truly did. And I, I, it was it was such a process in so many ways. And so I'm curious because and and I know that people people are always curious about the process of creating something like this, but I know that people are always curious obviously about the content as well. And so um and I asked you this uh yesterday because again we speak to each other pretty much every single day um <laughs> of, you know, what what are some of your favorite prompts or what is your favorite? And I know that I have, I have favorites. I have favorites in so many ways. I have favorite serious ones. I have favorite fun ones. And I think definitely to note, there's, there's a lot of, even in heavy subjects, even in our heavy subjects, um, like if we're talking, we have an entire chapter on fear and we talk about fear in the form of a monster. And what does your monster look like? Draw your monster. That one's awesome. You know, being able to have those like differentiations of of, like, of fun things that battle. I mean, I guess I think, I think they're fun. Um, (laughs) That battle (laughs) difficult subjects um, because then we do have just very difficult subjects. And I, I mean, one prompt is coming to mind that we went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth of, do we even include this? And I'm curious when I say it out loud, if you're going to be like, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking. Being one of our biggest ones that we went back and forth on is, do you own a scale? Mm -hmm. That was, you know, our, our food and body sections, you know, discussing, discussing relationships with food and discussing, discussing relationships with your, your body are, are really, really big. And those are two things that you and I have a lot of experience with in very kind of opposite directions and opposite directions, but also very similar at the same time. And so having the discussion of, you know, do we have as poignant of a question as do you own a scale if so, or if not, why? And I think that that's really, a very a very direct question it's very it's very direct and it's very bold whereas like what's your biggest fear draw it as a monster like that is a very different approach and I don't want people to be afraid like oh my gosh there's so many you know very like hard topics and Carly and I made an effort to you know weave through like she said in some of those maybe harder questions, questions that are still, there's like questions around like love and 
like who loves you the most or who, who you know, who, who gives you, you the love the most. Yeah. Like just, just in woven in that as well. And, um, I don't want people to think it's like just all these like really like deep, hard questions throughout the whole thing. No, Cause there's definitely fun ones. So that, and that's what I was going to say is so, okay. So I'm curious then what is your favorite fun prompt and it's it's funny because I honestly I can honestly spit these out off the top of my head I know exactly what they say (laughs) Uh, what is your favorite fun prompt and what is your favorite like deep serious question and and I can go first just to give you a a bit of time to to think if you don't have an answer right this second but one of my favorite fun prompts is we have a page um that says doodle the foods that bring you uh nourishment and contentment and and I just love that like I love just the the drawing of it and and when we did these prompts ourselves like I was drawing oranges and I was drawing pizza and I was drawing toast because I love toast and like you know things like this that, that I love okay I love sourdough toast okay <laughs> like with the passion with raspberry jam thank you very much and an excessive amount of Kerrygold butter. Um. <laughs> I remember when we went through that prompt too, and we were both like, I love it. It's so fun. It's so much fun. So like, that's one of my favorite fun prompts. So what's one of your favorite fun prompts? Um, so mine, and I, and I knew this off the top of my head is um, make three sexual wishes. Don't yes. Hold back. Yes. Don't hold back being keywords right there. <laughs> and I think that's so important. So important. Like those, that is definitely a fun prompt because it can, it's going to be so different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So different for everybody. And it's definitely, it's, it's a fun one, but it's also deep as well. Oh, and I love it. Cause I've been in a relationship with my partner for, you know, almost 10 years and we have a baby. So my sexual imagination is all everlasting right now it's great yep 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 um and then so what would be one of your favorite serious prompts I'm trying to choose between a few in my head so I'll let you go first I really like and this is under the chapter about expectations Uh which I think is a very um it's just such a good chapter I just it's one of my favorites in our journal but so from that it's write down three expectations society has placed on you have you consciously or unconsciously accepted these expectations as your truth yes and I just feel like you know society and the external environment is such a big it does it has such a big impact on who we are And just having that last bit, like, have you consciously or unconsciously accepted these as your truth? It just, it, it gives you the tool to reflect on what have you been told? What have you been taught? And have you accepted this? And not only that, but like, you actually have the choice through this, like consciousness to try and say whether or not you want that to be your truth or not. And right. to live that. And I just think it's such a great um, prompt for that reason. Right. And so I would I would say one of my favorite chapters, sections as well, is expectations. Because I think that we have so many put on us. We're, if people want to, not people, the, they, the big they, 
is is <laughs> they want us to be in boxes. They want us to be predictable. They want us to be all of these things. And I think that it's so harmful to put yourself in a box. And so from that is setting self expectations. So it's the it's you know we set expectations for ourselves all the time. And what are three expectations that I have of myself? And how do these shape my daily life? And are they most specifically? Are they fair? Are they helpful? I mean, mean, this is definitely a lot of it. So, but like, are these expectations fair? Are they helpful? Are they realistic? Those are really big questions. And I think that when we were looking at those, that section of even just asking those questions out loud, whether or not I had specific answers for them at that point was like, am I putting these unrealistic expectations on myself? And, and again, the word, is this fair? And is it helpful? Like I can Mm -hmm. put expectations on myself for my business and be like, yes, it's helpful because it's motivating, but like to (laughs) have these expectations of myself in so many different ways, like, is this actually fair to me? And is it helping me or is it just making me dislike myself. And I think that I really, I mean, I really do love our, our expectations chapter. Uh, I mean, I honestly, so I love, I love every single chapter there. There are so many things for different that, reasons, for different reasons. And there are so many things in my daily life that I do that remind me of the work that we've done. Like I light a candle every single time that I sit down and start work. I, you know, things like this, which is, you know, setting an intention for my space and being able to like have a ritual and do these different things. And those are also extremely important and remind me of, you know, talking through our mantras and our rituals and things that we do and the things that we create in our daily lives for ourselves, you know, our entire section on saying yes to yourself, which essentially can mean saying no to other people is one of the biggest lessons that I can say that I've learned a in life and b in business. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe I should put that as a in business and b in life, but like, (laughs) but you know, having, having boundaries, having things like that. And it, it's so, you know, these are things that get discussed pretty like flippantly in the, in the, in a lot of conversations now. And I don't want to say like, obviously like self-love is on the rise, which I'm, beyond stoked about Mm -hmm. and and the movement that it self-love and and everything has become via social media is a whole other thing but being able to actually like break it down into manageable questions I think was a huge thing and that's why this journal is like a guided journal because it's like, okay, we're going to ask you a question and then we're going to ask you a follow-up question and we're going to make you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, kind of going off of what you were just saying, which is that a lot of times I think people do think about these things. Like people do think about, oh, like I should have a boundary, whether or not they know it's a a boundary that they're right. thinking of but it's like yeah. I should t- let this person know that I don't like it when they do this right and the number of things that do again like come up in our head from day to day that will sometimes be forgotten about or for whatever reason something else will pop up like again just the fact that like when you're sitting down staring at this one thing specifically and it's asking you like hey what are some boundaries you need to set with other people? It's kind of holding you accountable. And that's one of the things we talk about in the journal is like, 
you know, we can give you the tools all we want. Like we can ask you the questions, but at the end of the day, like the choice is up to you, whether you do these things and the journal is a tool for you to use to kind of help get yourself there. But like, you got to do the work, you know, and, and, and it is work. It is definitely work. Yeah. It's it's self work. (laughs) It's It's the best kind of work work there is. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. I, I'm honestly, and you and I say this to each other a lot, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it for the world to hear it. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of me. I'm, I'm proud of what we've created because I've honestly never seen anything else like this. I think that there are definitely journals that exist and that talk about sense of self, but I've never really seen one touch on as many subjects as we do. And we, uh, I mean, I know you're going to agree with me. We probably could have written another 15 chapters. Um, oh God, easily. Yeah. Easily. But we wanted it to be manageable. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention the fact that not only are like the prompts so great, but the way that it looks like it is just a beautiful journal to work through. The colors are fun. They're bright. They're inviting. They have a bit of like softness to them. So kind of touching on a bit of that like feminine energy of being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. allowing trust. Um, You know, I think we wanted to really create that with the journal and we thought a lot about that too. We did, yes. Yeah, I'm freaking so proud of us too because we (laughs) created something that I would want to use, which I'm very particular about my journals. I try and buy new ones every year to see what I like out there and right to get a feel for different things. And yeah, that's, this is just one that I'm excited to come back to for myself. You know, I think you and I have looked at these prompts so many times that I feel like I need a bit of a, a break once we I finally was, get I was it just out gonna there. Say the same thing. <laughs> it's going to take me like, I would say a solid year to like look at these and not be like is this font too big (laughs) (laughs) or me to like look up a synonym for another word right exactly I I think that we've spent so much time on it that we are now looking at nuts and bolts not the overall thing which which is hard too in in the creation of a process in the creation of something and I I struggle a lot with that in even in my own photography work and you know I'll stare at something for so long and I'm like oh god I hate it and everybody's like why it's beautiful and I'm like is it are you sure because all I can see are these 85 things that are wrong with it yeah and and it's so hard to step back and and I've said this so many times to you and you've said it back many times as well finished over perfect was our our goal because we probably could have changed words that have a slight different intonation of meaning and that have, you know, just, uh, just so many subtleties that we've been over a hundred plus times already. So many times. So many times. And I, and I'm not exaggerating when I say a hundred plus. And I think that, (laughs) that having that, it's, it's going to take, it's going to take some time for me to take a step back from it and really be able to come back to it and answer those questions again. And I also think that in a lot of ways, my answers are going to change. You know, I'm with, I'm with, I'm with a very, I'm with a different partner than what I started with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was dating somebody else when I started doing this and, 
you know, that ended and now I'm with my current partner and he's everything that I want to be with. And, you know, we live together now and we just got a puppy and all of these other things. And so it's, it's such a big transition in my life that I'm with somebody who for the first time I feel like, oh, this is what people are talking about when they're talking about (laughs) being in love. Not all the bullshit that I experienced prior to this. And so I truly think that like, if I was to go back through it and look through this, like there's a lot in relationships and in sex and in different things like that, that would have different answers because of who I'm with now versus who I was with then. Yeah. And I think like, that's just what you're saying goes to show that just life changes and we're always growing and we're always changing and like you could do this journal once and then like in a couple years do it again or if there's certain prompts that you want to revisit like it's just it's so cool it's and we have we have a couple that honestly say revisit this whenever you feel like you need it we literally have written that (laughs) yeah we do yeah which I think I think is is powerful to know that it it's at that point, it's not a prompt, it's an exercise, which is similar but different. But I think that those those things of, of recognizing that we all change and grow and that things can be different even day to day or month to month or or anything. And And I'm excited for the future when I get to like do it all again and like I don't want to say like experience experience it as a whole for the first time I guess is what I'm very excited for and I know that that will take some time again for me to like not look at it and be like is this margin off um (laughs) but I I am I'm very excited to experience it as a whole and be able to work through it really at my own pace and not at the pace of let's create something and put something into the world and the pressure that we put on ourselves in, in the whole process. And I'm so proud of us. And, but I'm, I'm very excited for the time when the time comes to be able to, to, to see it as a whole instead of all of the pieces that we've been working with for so long. Yeah. Same. And I'm excited for other people to see it. And I'm nervous, of course. And <laughs> I, I'm nervous, all of I'm the, nervous as well. <laughs> but like, it's just, it's going to be really cool to see this out in the world and, and to hear what people think and what they experience and what revelations they have. And, you know, to just like, again, do the work and not for anybody else, but yourself. And right. there's such empowerment in that. and beauty and I say beauty a lot because I just I do I think it's just such a beautiful journal it Um, is it's an absolutely gorgeous journal I just remember I remember getting the first printed copy of it and taking a video of me just flipping through it and sending it to you and your text me was oh my god I can't stop staring at it (laughs) oh and I was so jealous because I was in New Zealand and I just wanted my copy so bad (laughs) I know and I was like it'll be there in two weeks and you're like okay I'll be patient And yeah, like, I just, I guess, um, also just to highlight that we specific, you know, we wrote this journal from a woman perspective. We're both cis females. Yes. Cis women. And um, we've written it for all women. Yes. But that being said, it doesn't mean that other people of other genders won't benefit from it. 100%. Um, I I truly think, I mean... 
I feel like there's very few, there truly are very few prompts that are, are pert, like very hyper specific to being a woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like very, very few. I want to say like off the top of my head, maybe five of a hundred plus. Yeah. A handful. If that. And I think that those, and our, our, I would say it's more our chapter introductions when we're talking about history and when we're talking about feminism, which obviously feminism is not just for women. Um, Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about those things of, of being a woman and what it's like to be a woman now versus a woman in history or a point in history. And I, I think that that's probably the most like poignant this is for quote unquote, like, or this is for quote unquote women. But like, (laughs) I think that that's, that's, it really is and will be beneficial to anybody of any gender because most of these questions, like truly the vast majority are just based around sense of self and self is obviously not gender specific whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, coming back to that idea that like it has a bit of femininity in it, just when I think of feminine, like I think of the qualities of the moon, like I come back to kind of like my yoga um, teachings that I've had, which is that when we're in the feminine, like we're in that state of being honest and truthful and vulnerable. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think more men men if you're listening to this I think in particular like you need to read more books by women because like toxic masculinity is a real thing that you've been taught to like hide your emotions and your truest selves and again like this book is all about finding your truth and listening to it and listening to that deep intuition and having the courage to go vulnerable and so I think so often like when a book like this shows up on the shelf I guess it's more of those like men who aren't in touch with their um more feminine sides and that can go for women too correct um it can go for anybody but that it does take like true courage to dive into that feminine work right and i i and it's it's really interesting because as you're saying this and because it's you know the the vulnerability of it is what's considered feminine work but i don't think that vulnerability obviously has a gender I neither of us think that and I think that that is where that's that's where that toxic masculinity comes in is that if you're going to be vulnerable that's for that's for girls and stupid bullshit like that they're like don't be a pussy don't be exactly (laughs) exactly and and I think that those and it's so interesting like literally just to hear you say it and I'm like yeah but those are like are they inherently feminine things? Like, no, but society has trained us that being vulnerable and being emotional and, you know, and being in touch with those things and being in touch with like what you want sexually and what you want in, in so many ways and so many, um, even honestly, like it, uh, in the, in the capacity of even starting this podcast, literally this podcast is called someplace for everybody. And I truly believe that every single body has a place to exist and deserves love and deserves attention and deserves a spotlight on it because everybody is truly unique and different. And I think that playing into that, you know, I, I work with women for the majority 
um, because because boudoir as a photography art form is inherently aimed towards women and mm-hmm. of you know but it's it's changed so much from being sexual photos for a partner to empowering photos for yourself and self-confidence yeah. and seeing yourself as a sexual being and all of these things are not inherently feminine they are just branded as feminine in the world that we live in and i think that as we continue to move forward and take some of these constructs down all that's going to happen is that everything's just going to get better and that people are going to be able to communicate better people are going to be vulnerable with each other better people are going to be able to have conversations and and put in boundaries and put in you know say yes to certain things for themselves specifically those the things and the themes and the all every single topic that we discuss even our sex our entire sex chapter has nothing to do specifically with being a woman we obviously are both just women and have written it from a woman's perspective and so that's where overarchingly it's a quote unquote journal for women by women <laughs> but it's truly a journal for everybody by women who have lived a feminine experience in our 30 almost 3 years of life <laughs> Yeah. And, and also just that, like, yeah, every single person on this planet has both feminine and masculine within them. And like you said, like, that is something that we want people to embrace in this journal is just embrace your whole self. That's the whole point. Embracing all sides of yourself, the messy, the great, the spontaneous, the whatever, you know, it's about looking at yourself as the whole and not just one part of yourself which is what society wants us to do is you know true not all of society but and I want to point out we've talked about how pretty it is but I think as you said like messy like my brain is like yeah with like the watercolor watercolor is like it has such a mind of its own and the fact that everything in this is done in watercolor is like it bleeds it moves it has just such motion to it and it's Mm -hmm. not you know in in a couple specific spots you know you were using a dry brush or you're using you know different artistic techniques that are going to make it more conformed but there are so many shapes in this book that are not a known shape they're just they just exist they just are and I Mm -hmm. think that that's that in itself the visual aspect of it is powerful as well yeah yeah and that's again like one of the feels we wanted to create was that imperfectness <laughs> yes that exists in the world not just in humans but in the world and and Absolutely. art is such a beautiful way to to show that as well so I 100% agree I had a lot of fun with that <laughs> <laughs> and I had a lot of fun I had a lot of fun on the other the other side of it, um, on the design side of it, because you'd send me these things and be like, well, I'm thinking this one for this prompt and I'm thinking this one for this prompt. And, and then I'd be like, OK, well, how can I digitally manipulate this and create this and move this and Which is I don't want to say perform it, but to yeah. fit it into a six by nine page <laughs> how Which can I create this you did excellently at because I would have <laughs> thank zero, you my digital skills are zero I'm still on the like archaic art train of 
art of actual like paints and brushes and haven't quite sussed out the digital component yet so you really just did such a beautiful job with that Carly like you worked very hard on that very very hard it was a lot Uh, we both worked very hard on every aspect of this so there's there's so much to that so but okay so I have questions for you because even though we're having this conversation as the two of us I obviously have specific questions for anybody that I've interviewed on the podcast and I think that they are very poignant and I think that they they truly do play into obviously everything that we've been talking about and so so my first question is when ish in your life did you find yourself becoming more comfortable with your body and and finding self-confidence or feeling confident in your body this question it's a great question and thank you for asking it you know I it, it was a little bit hard for me to answer because I feel like this was kind of a movement in my life of going through kind of peaks and valleys of feeling confident and then not right. But the two most like, I guess, poignant memories I have are when I was younger, I was a bit of a tomboy and, you know, I was super into sports, which Carly, as you know, is like a really big part of our mountain town. A very and... big part. Very big part. <laughs> Even me, who was not into sports, I played three sports a year. So yeah, it's a very big part. Let's and... not discount it. Three sports a year, <laughs> not sporty and athletic over here. Have terrible hand-eye coordination. Terrible. <laughs> and hand-foot. Literally me trying to play soccer is the biggest joke on the uh, face of the planet. Okay. So yeah, like, and you know, I'm a third child and my dad he always encouraged us to do sports and he never wishes he had a boy. He said, cause we could do all the things that boys could quote unquote. And so I think like when I was really young before kind of those external influences started kind of peeking in of other girls making fun of me for the way I dressed, it was like this really pure year of just remembering like, doing what I wanted when I wanted and feeling okay about it. And then if you like flash forward to my twenties, I went through, I had an eating disorder from the time I left high school until like my early twenties. And so really struggled with my body image. And I think that was just like, you know, middle school, you're going through all your hormones, but like body image was just, you know, (laughs) There's a lot going. I don't, if you can tell me you had like self-confidence in your body in middle school, then like I I just was going to say you're like a saint. (laughs) And then high school, I just, I think I just didn't really care as much. And so, yeah, like I, I went to beauty school and somewhere in that kind of um, timeframe, things kind of shifted for me working in the beauty industry and seeing myself differently and kind of being around it and which is kind of interesting thinking about the work you do which has like that beauty element quality to it but Mm -hmm. this also was before the like self-love movement and like where skinny was the way yes and for people who don't know me like my physique and my body is athletic and I don't consider myself fat and I don't think that 
you know, I'm somebody who needed to lose weight. But for whatever reason in my head, that was kind of what I thought needed to happen. So yeah, like long story short, I went through a period of eating disorder, of restricting and bulimia. And then I had to check myself into a facility. And it wasn't until I broke up from a toxic relationship, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, got really deep into my yoga practice, so like that body spirit mind quality where it's not just like separating them into different compartments right and started doing this kind of work the work we're doing in this journal looking at these hard things and being like okay like how did I get here why am I feeling like this what are the tools that I have when I'm feeling like you know I need to go for a run because I ate this or what is it that I have deep within me to um to grow and to heal. Yes. And, and also like sharing it with people. Yeah. And sharing is hard. Sharing is really hard. So hard. And I remember like sharing a lot of that stuff, but sure enough, like as time went on, it became easier to talk about. And I started healing and cause I started accepting that part of myself and all the parts of myself. And of course, like the eating disorder was just masking other issues. (laughs) After that, like it took time, of course, but um, it was around the time like when I moved to New Zealand and was with my partner who I love very much. I have a baby with now Mm -hmm. and that I really started to like embrace my body and not put as much like expectations on myself and just like have that acceptance you know, that it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was like a very long winded answer for your question. No, I, I love it. <laughs> and that's obviously, again, something um, that I'm sure our listeners have understood that you and I have discussed many times in when we have chapters about body and we have chapters about our relationships with food and we have, you know, just different things like that. That's obviously something that you and I have discussed deeply, but it is, and it is, and even honestly, thank you for sharing publicly. This is a very public platform it's going to be listened to by people that don't know you that you know haven't met you personally it's also going to be listened to by people who do know you personally because hello people from (laughs) high school I see you listening to us Um, (laughs) thank you for supporting us Uh, (laughs) but you know it's and I I still I do want to say thank you for for being vulnerable and sharing because that's you know, not necessarily something that you have to talk about moving forward, even if it is formative, um, because as you've had discussions, as you've, you know, moved forward with yourself from it, that doesn't mean that you have to discuss it openly on a a larger platform like this. So I I do thank you for that vulnerability in itself. And Mm. I think that, and, and potentially there's, you know, the fact that somebody else will listen to what you're saying and it's going to resonate with them. And that's huge. Yeah. And huge. You know, people we're not alone with these no. things. I think that's no. the thing that like sometimes what humans do is, you know, we're we're we thrive on social aspects and sharing yes. and like we might we might not know it, but oh man, like when you think you're alone with your thoughts and your feelings, just remember like you're not. There's yeah. so many people out there with the same same shit. same feelings and sometimes like just taking that leap to to open up can really like 
get you out of a tough spot because you realize you're not alone. And that's kind of what it took for me. Right. I was like, I'm going to get through this. I can do anything. Kind of like had that like, yep. more, you know, I can just do it by myself because that's how I grew up, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which um didn't help. So again, like it, it was coming back to that whole, like just doing the work and diving in first yeah. and then sharing that. So yeah, I'm happy to share and I hope people can, you know, find something from that if they if they need it (laughs) yeah so my second question is what like if you had to recommend and we (laughs) to be to be fair at the end of the journal there is a resources page (laughs) um but if you (laughs) had to recommend um or even just talk about like books or influences or people specifically who have helped you on that journey as, as media or as anything else so that people can, can take a look at that to help themselves. Obviously we are talking about a book that we wrote, which I would say would be a very big resource. Yes. (laughs) A good tool. Buy the journal and do it. (laughs) Yeah. So This is another great question. I feel like there's so many um, amazing resources out there and people to refer to, but my um, guru who I constantly come back to is a woman by the name of Pema Chodron. And she has a number of different books, but she's a Buddhist monk and works along the lines of kind of diving into your fears and diving into a lot of those emotions that we'd like to steer away from Mm -hmm. and moving forward with love and how do you heal with that and she really helped me heal those parts of myself that needed to be recognized back when I was kind of going through you know some of my stuff in my early 20s Um, so she would be the first person and then the second person uh, who I didn't really discover until maybe last year, or the year before, whenever I first got Instagram, which wasn't that long ago, because I only just got a smartphone like a couple years ago. What? You and technology? What? <laughs> is Alok and Alok Menvov, and they are non binary mm-hmm. and they speak a lot about again, like embracing both sides of ourself and they are feminist and really all about people not pushing away um, certain parts of themselves and how the binary, how this idea of, you know, women need to be this way and men need to be this way. And this is the only way that it is, is these two ways, how it really like hurts all of us in the long run, because we are masking and hiding certain parts of ourselves and so yeah they have been like a huge teacher for me in a lot of different ways and and they're an activist and just a beautiful speaker and also like has great um poetry and book reports on a lot of different things so i would definitely check them out on instagram if you have instagram and if not you can probably just look them up on google and then the last couple people, I mean, there's always like <laughs> loads of resources out there, but are just personal contacts I've had. So one was my yoga teacher when I lived up in Oregon 
who really first introduced me to that mind body spirit connection and her name is Melissa Cooley she lives in Talent Oregon owner of Om Sweet Om Yoga Studio um just a beautiful person and really helped me to heal in a lot of ways and soften my heart and the last person is my auntie Karen who passed away um unfortunately from cancer but she was like the first feminist I knew and she was the first person who really um, taught me about feminism and what it meant to stand up for what's right for people. And it's something that I strive to do in my daily life. So um, yeah, those would probably be the main people. Oh, and the last person would be <laughs> another teacher of meditation um, who lives in the United States. His name is Carlos Palmeda. If you get a chance to ever do a workshop with him, he is just so amazing, funny, smart, and so relatable and talks about some of the things that, you know, larger society doesn't talk about. Um, and was one of the first people who helped me realize that I was bisexual. So that, yeah. that was super cool because we were talking about Tantra, um, love, and from a Tantric perspective. And it was a really like beautiful experience for me at that point in time. But yeah, he's amazing. So those would be the main people in terms of like resources um, that I would recommend. <laughs> That's fantastic. I guess I, I, I mean, I guess coming back to like that last point of like, I guess I never really have asked you how you came to know that you were bisexual. I obviously started dating a woman and was like, oh, okay, this is a thing. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it was something I knew for a long time, but it was again like that acceptance, um, right? That moment of like, oh, this is what I am, and it's okay. Because right. um, for a long time, I was like, am I gay or am I straight? Am I gay or am I straight? Am I gay or am I straight? And those were the only two right. options. But I didn't feel like I fit either of those two options. So. Right. Absolutely. And I, I I think that there's a lot in that of even even when I start, started dating the first woman that I was with and, and it was like a lot of like, am I gay? And then I was like, am I a lesbian? And I was like, do I identify with that term? Do I do anything around that? Do I like, how does this make me feel? Like I'm in a long-term relationship with a woman, but like, ha, do I, it, it's a very, that in itself is a, a big self. That could be a whole other episode on like, oh, Biracial sexuality, queerness. Biracial is a yeah. very, very real thing. A very real thing. Yeah, we'll save that for your next. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for a whole other discussion with us. That would be a fun one. I like it. That could be a that could be a fun podcast topic between you and I because I feel like that's honestly something uh, amongst everything else. That's something that you and I have like sort of talked about, but not really. Like we had deep dives of sense of self um but obviously both of us just sitting here and being accepting of the fact that each other are bi and queer and whatever and however we want to identify with that and it never I, I don't want to use the word tainted but it never colored our conversations mm -hmm. to be anything except for vulnerable so I'm that I think that would be a really fun 
topic for us to dive well, into. I'm happy to come back and do it. You just say the yes, word. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Maybe we can write a whole book on it. <laughs> Part two. We can write a whole book on like 85 things. Yeah. And that's what I know at this point. <laughs> Part two, three, four, and five. Truly. And then, and, and I will say though, for anybody listening, we've had a couple questions. I mean, going back to the journal itself being, you know, is it appropriate for teenagers, et cetera? There's a lot of heavy topics, obviously, as we've touched on, but we've actually talked about doing a version for a younger audience that's a little bit more, it would be a lot of the same things, but phrasing as, it in a. Just not as dense, I think. I think not as dense. Yeah. I mean, still so dense in certain ways, but like looking back specifically because like we met each other as middle schoolers yeah. to being able to to look back at that time and know kind of being able to recognize now what we were feeling, hormones, periods, etc. Like being able to like touch on those topics, which is not really mm-hmm. something we really did with this. And I think that being able to to talk about acceptance and bodies and and things in a I don't want to say a capacity of school, but at, at that age, that is what consumes you. Yeah, through so, through the lens of a you know 13 year old. Right, exactly. Or instead of the, teenager. Instead of through the lens of two almost 33-year-olds. <laughs> it's very different. <laughs> but, that, but that being said, you know, if people did want to buy this for their, like, 17 or 16 or 18-year-old oh, absolutely. child, like, there's a lot of stuff in here that I wish I would have oh, done when I was that age that school didn't teach. Yeah, if I had been able to see something like this in high school and kind of like later high school, you know, when we thought we knew everything and we were so mature. Um, (laughs) I think it would have given me a deeper sense of self that I maybe didn't really have at all. Yeah. Until like much later. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think it would be, it, it would be very interesting. It would be really interesting to do something like this at an age like that. So I mean, definitely, if you have a teenager and you're considering it, like, maybe not 13, but I'd say, like, 15, 16, 17 would be totally a good age. Yeah. It's bold. It's bold. And there's definitely, obviously, a, an entire chapter about sex. And if that's not something that, you know, you're actively discussing with your teenager, it should be, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. hard, embarrassing conversations. But at the same time, very very poignant in in those questions and obviously I I mean I can say that some of our questions about sex are you know having multiple partners and different things like that but there's and and potentially that's a lot of knowledge that teenagers wouldn't really have of being with multiple different people I mean I know that when we were in high school there were a lot of people who were like oh I'm in this relationship and it's gonna be forever and we were all very naive about that (laughs) as teenagers really can be yeah but I will say that Gen Z is like out here doing things that I had no idea existed. I love them. I love them for it. I love them too. I I love them so much. I love it so much. It's just, it gives me hope for the I give me so much hope in so many ways. I like look at them and I'm like, God, you're so cool. Yeah. And you probably have never worn blue eyeliner without it being overly intentional and thinking it's like cool, but actually making it look cool. Yeah. Oh, they're just, they're amazing. Yeah. They really are. They really are. And then my last question would be, 
what is one bit, and it doesn't have to be one, but what is a bit of advice that you would give to your younger self? And your younger self can be a year ago, your younger self can be 10 years ago, your younger self can be, you know, your inner child, whatever younger self comes to mind. Yeah, this is another great question. And (laughs) younger self is someone I feel like I'm always talking to, even more recently. And I think more recently, especially just now that I have a daughter, um, you know, thinking about things that I'm going to tell her and things I wish I would have gotten. And yeah, so I think what I would have to say to her would be that you already know who you are and to trust those instincts and feelings because people come and go in your life and the ones like who are really there for you are there for you, not some other version of you. And to keep putting all your attention on the amazing person you already are, not who you aren't. Because I think for a long time, I was trying to be someone I wasn't. And it wasn't for the sake of myself. It was, you know, for my family or society or... That expectations uh, chapter you love so much. Yes, yes, exactly. And, or like, you know, my part, my ex-partner. And yeah, so I think it's just that like, you already know who you are and trust those instincts would be the yeah the big one that I still I tell myself that's like a <laughs> but one that I wish I would have practiced when I was younger a lot more truly and I, I I can agree I think there's a lot of things that I would also tell my younger self that I still tell myself now and I I think that but again like I said younger could be last week younger could be yesterday younger could be this morning mm-hmm. and and having those experiences and being able to to be self-reflective on them but I think that it is powerful to to have that thought and especially powerful for you in in raising a next generation mm. feels like a big thing when you say it like that (laughs) (laughs) raising a next generation Han (laughs) yeah luckily like she's not talking yet so I still have some time you still have some time (laughs) you still have a little bit of time Uh, to think about all the you know the answers to life's questions that I'm gonna lay well and the person that she's gonna become is is And I, I mean, I, as your friend and as somebody who's, you know, done very deep, very hard work with you, I can say that she's, she's very lucky to have you as a mom. So (laughs) very lucky. And she's, she's going to grow up knowing a lot of things and having discussions that I don't think that our parents really touched on. They were doing the best they could and, and doing what they knew and, and we've learned and we've grown and we know more. So I think that there's, there's that to take into consideration as, as you know, you have a baby and many of our friends have babies Mm. and, you know, being able to grow into that is that we've, we've learned from so many different things, both from ourselves and from our parents of what to, what to change, how to move forward, how to, I don't want to say be better because again, our parents did the best that they could in what they were given and what they, what they knew, but we have a whole world of knowledge and resources that they never even had access to yeah and it's like healing the mother wound healing the inner child all that stuff like right that those aren't things that our parents were discussing in their 30s no and you don't have to have a kid to do those either but 
Yeah, it's definitely something I haven't put too much thought into because she's still so little, but he is so little. Definitely there in the back of my mind and something I'm looking forward to, you know, doing. And like I said, like this next generation coming up, it's just they are so cool. And I have so much um yeah, hope for them and for my daughter. And I just hope that it's a nice world for her to live in and which is again like what you were saying at the start, that this journal helps us all just become more accepting of ourselves. And when we're more accepting of ourselves, I think in our own imperfections, we're more accepting of others and nobody's perfect. Absolutely. So much, so much. Okay. Han, thank you so much for getting on and chatting with me. Um, I obviously love our daily conversations, but I really love this conversation because others get to hear what's in our brain and the things that we say to each other and the, and the topics that we did, we've been discussing for almost two years. And that's, it's like, it's like throwing another little piece of my soul out there. And I'm very happy to have you by my side with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both our names stamped on the front. We're in it. Both, both of our We're names are stamped out. on the front of that. <laughs> it is, it is a real thing. Our names are on there. It is, it exists in the world. And so if anybody is interested, I'm hoping after listening to this, specifically and I will link all of this in the show notes but the you can follow us on Instagram at imperfect journal uh, our website is imperfectjournal.com and we will be having our official launch for our first small print run which is a limited edition and that is going to be January 30th so the end of this month which is extremely exciting and we're bragging at the same time <laughs> um we're so incredibly excited so that is going to be happening January 30th we do have a link in all of our bios um my bio Hannah's bio our imperfect journal bio I can also put one in the podcast bio specifically on Instagram to sign up for our pre-sale link. And so those will go live on January 30th and go specifically out to that email list, uh, which is growing every day, which absolutely blows my mind. Mm. And I feel so incredibly lucky and happy. It's so exciting. So all of that will be linked in the show notes for everybody. Um, But Han, thank you so much for sitting and chatting with me tonight. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being such a great friend and business partner and inspiration to so many people out there what you do is truly remarkable and special and you know your love I think helps us all find a little bit of more love for ourselves and who we are so thanks Car. you're gonna make me cry (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much for listening to someplace for everybody if you love this episode would you mind leaving me a review in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show If you're looking for a community to love on you and support you in your self-love journey, come join our all-gender Facebook group, Someplace for Everybody, which can be found in the show notes at someplaceforeverybody.com. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself.